awesome out of whatever Dan has prepared for us today. Um, I'll pray that we have a safe trip home, a great rest of the week, and a great summer vacation. Um, And I pray for all those going on the mission trip, the world changers trip, and that we get lots of people going to camp. And I pray all this in your precious name. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Hannah and band. I must share with y'all something that the the last week before we take a little break for the summer on... June the 24th is going to be a spectacular special song song service that the band is doing some work on to make it some fierce. So that's all I got to say about that. So even right now, wait with expect, expectation where you're about to burst. Excuse me. What book are we in? Ephesians. Ephesians. We're still in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter, anybody know? Ooh, five is very good. We're in chapter five. This is the last week. We'll be in five, and then we'll move to the last chapter finally. Who wrote the book? Paul, and he wrote it to who? Gentile believers. What say Gentile? A non-Jew. Okay, so he wrote to non-Jewish believers. Very good. Now, see, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. You may not remember anything I've taught, but you'll know. Someone will say, hey, have you read the book of... Uh, Ephesians, and you'll say, Paul, Ephesians, Gentile believers. You you always leave out the believers. It's okay. You're still loved. Okay, where we're at tonight, apart from a relationship with Christ, this is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Okay, what we're going to talk about, the most important, it will affect everything about your life in a positive way for God or a negative way. It's more important than what you choose to do for a living. It's more important than friendships that you have. It's more important than everything else. And this passage we're going to look at is probably the most, one of the most, if not the most, disobeyed, neglected, and confused passage in all the Bible. And so I'm excited to get to teach it to you tonight. And I'm going to teach it in a way where I'm not going to lay it all out there because there's so much to it, but there's a couple things I want you to grab. At the age that you are, I mean, if you can grab these now and they stick with you, because I think they can, they can stick with you for the rest of your life, that when you get to that time when when marriage is, is real and close, you'll remember these things because they're very important. And many people, even believers in Christ, choose to ignore or forgot these truths, and it has hurt them in great ways. Now, we live in a society that likes to cheapen things, okay? Uh, it's sort of, you know, it's you got something great, so then you want to do some more great things, and now this one thing that was all by itself great, there's a lot of them now, and it's just not so great. I will I will just get on my soapbox for a second and rant to you something I can't stand. If you love this, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to segregate the room at this point, and some of you are going to be like, I cannot believe he said that, and some will go, amen, yeah, okay? So, I, just know, this is Dan's opinion. This is not... Biblical, this is just Dan. <clears throat> High school graduation is a big deal. Big deal, right? 
Right? Right? I mean, you got to sit through this service for an hour and 60 minutes. That's two hours. And, uh, and it just puts you to sleep. It kills you. Right? I mean, you're... You know, and and uh, it's the student you're there to cheer on, you're there to hear their name called and their 1.7 seconds of fame as they walk across the stage, and then it's gone. But, but you still, that, that moment is important. It's a big deal. I totally agree. So everybody going, I'm going to tear him out. better. No. Graduation's a big deal. Because you're ushered into this world of, well, you're supposed to be. A lot now aren't. Where you're supposed to be responsible. And there's things called bills. And you've got to sort of make your living and pay my car insurance. What's that? What? Taxes? Are you kidding? So you, you learn about some stuff then. But these days we now have preschool graduation. Little four-year-old, little Billy, you did nap time. You finally learned how to take a nap for seven minutes. I mean, we have kindergarten graduation. We have fifth grade graduation. Some have eighth grade graduation. And then you've got the twelfth grade graduation. And I want to go, when I I hear it, I just want to go... Kick their rear end and tell them to go to next grade and do what they're supposed to do, right? I mean, you're going, whoo, yeah, fifth grader, yeah, you did what every other fifth grader in the whole wide world in the U.S. did, whoo. I mean, so I get a little bit bitter at them, and I'm trying to work on it. But can I tell you, I feel the same, same way as graduations as I do about pur- proposals for marriage and promposals. The stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And it sort of dumbs down. I, I know it's always just fun. It's just fun. But it's, it's a, wedding proposals are important. They're, that's a big deal. I want you, you know, have you all ever, girls, I know girls have done this. You've gone online and you've just watched some of these, these proposals. Aaron loves Jimmy. Oh, oh, oh he get engaged. Have you all seen, seen these? Jen, are you, you pointing at Jen there, Whitney? He, he likes to watch those. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you see these things and you want it to be a big deal. Now, I've, I've got one that I saw online. I thought, you know, this is done well. Okay? So, girls, when a guy, when you get to that day 40 years from now, okay, you know, however far away, but not anytime soon, do you want the guy to go, hey, yo, you want to get uh, married? You want a guy to do that? No! No, you better run if that's the case. That's not probably what we're going to be. You want a guy that is going to do, I will share, if y'all haven't heard my story, Man, that was good. I'll tell you in a second. But take a look at the screen because we didn't have like all the, the video and lip sync stuff that they've got nowadays. So take a look at this one. Some of you may have seen this. One. It's just like a CNN actually saw this two years ago and they did a news story on it. So take a look at this one. You're about to see one of the greatest proposals ever, and I'm going to talk to the happy couple in just a minute, Brad and Emily. But Brad started this out. He did all the planning. Started out kind of the ruse that we're just taking a drive to the park and to the beach. That turns into lip-syncing a song, turns into a parade of family and friends, then turns into a proposal. Let's check it out. Now, girls, don't expect you. Thank you. 
It's incredible. And it gets better as it goes. And we're going to show you a little bit more of it. But how about that planning? This is family and friends coming up. They're, they're lip syncing the song, That One Thing, from New Direction. Look at Brad and Emily in the corner there. I mean, what's going on in her mind as this is happening? We're going to talk to her. Brad's with us as well, the mastermind, again, behind one of the greatest proposals ever. And it even has touching parts. There they are. They're still smiling. Uh, Emily, <laughs> let, let me start with you. Can you believe that your proposal, now seen almost by a half million people, is there for the world to see? And you're the star of the show. I, I know. It is so surprising. I, I can't believe it still. We watched it the other night, and I was like, I, I still can't believe all he pulled off. It is crazy. You're beaming still. Uh, let, let me stay with you for just one more, Emily. If we could play just a little bit more of just the uh, of all the dancing and lip syncing. What were you thinking? I mean, when you're seeing family and friends doing this as we're watching it again, did you know, uh-oh, it's proposal time? But I also was like so caught up in like who's coming next? Like I definitely had like the excited shakes as well. Like yay! <laughs> yay to say the least. Brad, what's going on in your mind as this is playing out and all the everybody's on on time and in sync literally uh, with the song? I mean, my biggest fear was just that something would go wrong or that speaker box would like run out of battery and suddenly the song would stop and then it's like, what do you do then? So I think I was just worried about all the like technical details going right. Um, so I didn't have time to actually think about, oh no, what if she says no or anything? But thank goodness she didn't. And all the family and friends there, you had a practice session, right? We did like a dress rehearsal the night before for about an hour and a half. So everyone kind of learned it the day before and then had to execute it the next day. They did great. And, and just to let everybody know, we can't show the whole eight minutes, but we continue here with the song, family and friends coming up. I mean, it's just incredible. And then after the song is over, there's some notes leading Emily to the beach. Very that, That's where it gets touching. You're talking about favorite memories. Emily, what are you thinking of at that point? Where you're, you're on your way to the beach, you're reading the notes. Um, what's going on in your heart and mind at this point? I think once I finally got to the notes, I let myself think like, oh, my engagement's coming. This is so exciting. <laughs> I still didn't know like how he was going to do it. Clearly, after that whole like big lip job, I didn't know what was going to happen next. But I, I knew it was coming. That's so awesome. I was really, really excited. And then what we're watching here, then you go on the beach and there's a flat screen TV. Again, uh, Brad pulling, pulling no punches here. Uh, and people are talking about how great Emily is, how great Emily and Brad are together. Let's listen. We have uh, one of the dads here and also really the student uh, one of Emily's students brings it home let's listen um, I always say to people I married up and it's hard for me to say this but uh, Brad is going to marry up you uh, wouldn't my favorite teacher Brad is going to give you a ring on your finger you should say yes to Brad you're the best ever
Okay, that, 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 that's it. All is that all? It's not like all. Now, the the whole video uh, is seven and a half minutes long. If you watch it, like from the start to end, without all the news guys in it, it's it's just so. And they do a lot more, and it's crazy. And the people are freaks. But it reminds me of y'all at Lipsing Night at Camp, acting the exact same way. Um, but there's one more because you know that that's that's sweet. That's nice and all. But then I saw this one, and it, I thought, oh, this reminds me more of our youth group. So uh, take a look at this one's very short here. It's just like 20 seconds. Uh, I was thinking about what the Lord got me for, for uh, our best friends forever day, right? For the headlights, whatever. Well, I had to get her something, so I figured that I would just uh, do this. Will you marry me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I stopped it there. She passed out pretty good, knocked her out cold. So listen, you can plan it. She really did go. I mean, it was just like, I think she's dead. You know, you don't fall like that. <laughs> um, now, I, I also was going to look at, um, if you look these up, it's just it's it's hard to watch. It's it's hard to watch uh, proposals that were taped that failed, and it's just like painful. It's the, it's like you're like, oh, 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 oh. this poor guy is just there, and she runs off, and there's a crowd. Hey, let me suggest, y'all, the crowds aren't a great place to do a proposal. You know what I'm saying? It's just maybe not be the best place. So, um, I, especially after I saw all those vid- videos, my for, for me, just to let y'all know, my wife and I had been, well, not my wife at the time, we had been dating for a year and a half. Her parents were missionaries in Argentina. I'd met her dad one time at a Western Sizzler, some of y'all will know what that is, for like six minutes, one time when he was in the States. And I called him up, stuttering dad, calling Argentina, to talk to a man I did not know, to ask him if I could marry his daughter. Okay, bad case scenario. The dad was very nice on the phone. We talked, I introduced myself to him, and I said, uh, Leon, uh, I would like to ask Michelle to be my wife, and, and uh, would like your, you know, if I could have your blessing. And he says to me on the phone, he says, uh, have you and Michelle spoke about this? At all, I said no, sir, no, sir. And I was, I, I, Michelle had brought it up to me about a month before she had said something about marriage. I said, no, 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 I'm not, not going to talk about it. I'd already bought the ring at the time, but I didn't want her to know. So, so she, Michelle thought I was not. There was not even. We're like way too soon before we even talk about that. So I said, no, sir. I, I was going to talk to you. I want to do the right thing. Talk to you first. And, and he, this is what he, he said to me. No lie. He says, uh, he said, you know, she's pretty. And naive and stuff, and she might flirt more than she thinks she does, and she probably is not thinking the same thing that you are about your re- relationship. And I'm on the phone like, oh, oh, okay. Thinking, she's talked to her dad about me, going, yeah, there's this guy I'm sort of seeing, but he's not the guy. Okay, that's what's going through my head. Dear Lord, I bought this ring. I'm, what am I? And, and uh, I said, well, um, yes, sir. He said, well, Tell you what, why don't you go ahead and a- a- ask her and see? <laughs> and he said, and uh, and if she, um, if you know, and then give me a call and let me know what she says because we're out, we're out of states. And then he says this. He says, well, um, if she says no, you you it'll be aw- awkward for you to give me a call. So uh, it was nice to talk to you, and I hope you have a good life. <laughs> Bang. 
At that point, I'm convinced. Dear Lord, what am I doing? It took me two... I was out of town at the time. I was coming back in, in town. This was three days before I was going to propose to her. And uh, somehow I found the guts to think he was a blind old man that didn't know what he was talking about. Don't tell her. Oh, this is taped. Um, uh, and um, so... What I did was this. On a Friday mor- morning, m- my wife is the type that wakes up at, b- before we had kids, now we have kids, we're exhausted all the time, but before we had kids, she would wake up at like 5 a.m. and just go, what a beautiful day. I know you cannot see that about my wife at all. Hey, how you doing? And want to go for a walk and jog and it's just great. It's great. Now, I was the type that was like, some of you not as bad as you bums, you know, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Sleep in, please. You know, I would kill to have that chance now. Uh, and um, so, so my my goal was let me get her in the best mood that I can. And so, so we were going to have a six a.m. date because I thought, you know, what, let me have all the odds going for me when I when I So we had a six a.m. date. I went to Dunkin' Don Donuts, picked up a box for her to and I to feast on because she 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 loved them. We began to eat them, and she just thinks I'm. I'm being sweet and I'm being nice. <laughs> no, and um, and so I uh, I said, hey, there's this song that I like by Jeff Moore in the distance called "If You Could See What I See." And I thought I'd, I'd like to read the song to you because it makes me think of you. And she said, okay. And so I, I read this song to her. I know I'm not a poet. Okay, it would be bad. You know, roses are red. That would have been bad. So I read this song to her, and I'm almost done with it. And I look up at her, and she's bawling. And she says, did you write that for me? I'm like, no, I didn't write it for you. I told you it's a song by Jeff Moore in the distance. It made me think of you. So she's like, oh. So, I mean, I could have lied there and said, yes, baby. And someone made a song out of it. You know, I, I, but I, I didn't. So, but it was really funny because she's like, did you? So at that point, I knelt before her and said, Michelle, it would be my honor if you would be my bride. And she looked at me and goes, what? (laughs) And so at that point, I ripped off my shirt. It was pre-torn. Because, you know, I just had to show off the best parts of me. And on my chest was written, will you marry me? And right before that, I had given her a tube of lipstick right before I knelt down and said, put this on bright red lipstick. And so she just took, takes it, doesn't even ask me why. She's like, okay. I was like, okay. So I knelt. She's like, what? And so I ripped off my shirt and it said, will you marry me? And there was a yes box right here. There's no box, not on my butt. It was above, right, right, right here, not on my butt. And she had to kiss the box was what it was. That's the way I did my own. Hey, I don't suggest, you know, it was our sense of humor. She loved it. Some people look at me like, Really? Yeah. That's the best. There was no hot air balloon with something falling from it and you're looking at a jet doing something in the sky. No. No. It was this right here. Right here. I would show you the photo, but I don't want... I just don't want to show the photo. Anyways, that was how I am... I propose to my and, and and guys, when it comes to to that day, and there's that girl that you go, this this is the one. I mean, do something creative like me, <laughs> or just try, just try, and make her know how much she's worth to you. Marriage is a big big deal. Proms are cute. That's great. Cute. Eh, they're trouble. They're of the devil. Okay, we've said it. Okay, uh, stay away from. It. Okay, so <clears throat> the question is. 
one thing I want to ask before we can get the text. I know we're not even in the text yet. Does marriage have the same weight or strength today that it had 50 years ago? Do you think it does? I think some of them do, right? Some of them, as a whole, if you look across the board, you go, gum, it's sort of a wreck, you're right? Um, one of the saddest things I see in the church today are mar- marriages that are based nothing upon which God intended that, them to be. They are self-centered, they're abused, they're contracts, they're partnerships, there's no commitment. They're invested much more in their kids than they are in their spouse, spouses. Uh, and there's nothing left for that spouse when all that stuff is, is sort of used up. And many of them, and this is sad, many of them are unhappy relationships. That's depressing to me. <clears throat> but that's why I think we're here tonight in this text. Now, where the passage we're at is in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. And it's, it's about the relationship, the marriage relationship between a man and a wife. But it's also about the relationship, same thing, of Jesus Christ and the church. And it's mixed throughout the passage. It's not just one spot where it says it. Throughout it, you can see how he's mixed it up and going, hey, do you understand that the marriage relationship between a man and wife is a picture of Jesus Christ and his love for the church? And if you can begin to understand what marriage is supposed to be about, it will change your life. I want your marriage to be something where you go, dude, it's awesome. We, we struggle. We don't get along at times. You know, but we find a way through it, and God is so much bigger than what we face, and I love being married. That's what I want you to say to me 15 years, 27 years from now when you start to get married. So, um, <clears throat> now, we're, we're going to hit a part where it's talking about submission. That's a very not like part of this text. But it's a it's a great part of this text. It's a very important part of this text. Uh, and so, some of you may think, man, I ain't submitting to nobody. Can I tell you the first thing? If you don't submit your life to 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 G, G, Jesus Christ, you've missed everything. So you've got to submit to Him, and everybody will. Do you understand that in Philippians two it says that every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's uh, uh, Philippians two verse. 11. We will all submit one day. We've got to learn to be submissive. We all do. It's not just a woman. And we're going to talk about what that means because it is, I've had men and their wife, not at this church, my last church, come to me and go, hey, tells them to submit and she's not submitting to me. And I was like, holy cow, you're smoking crack. I mean, I didn't say that, but that's what I thought. Okay, another crack. I haven't done this crack smoker thing in a while. Sorry. All right. So let's just let's start reading the text before I go downhill from here. Everybody stand up. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 22. And we're going to run through a lot of this text. Even when we, we teach it, there's just some big points I want you to grab tonight. It says this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and his, his is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their hus- hus- husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify 
sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as Christ uh, loved their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cher cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, there, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This, is, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this text. There's a lot we're just going to run through and hit on. Um, but Lord, I just ask this, that you'll help what you want to stick to stick and what you want me to say to come out. And uh, Lord, we thank you uh, that you are so great. And you are so much bigger than what we face. Uh, and I ask that you just move uh, in each life uh, that's here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Now, the world is at a point, okay, the world we live in right now is at a point it's never been at before. And, um, and you know this, marriage is being redefined. Do y'all know that? Have y'all seen that? Right? It's being redefined right before our eyes. And can I tell you, the world is going to redef redefine mar marriage. That slope has already gone so far. There's a point, it's going around the world. It's going to redefine marriage, but the world cannot redefine biblical marriage. Okay, it cannot redefine biblical marriage because they're, they're not unless they change the word of God, they cannot redefine it. So when I talk with someone about about marriage and we don't agree on things, I talk about well, I'm talking about biblical marriage as of what the word says. Now sometimes they don't like that me to say that term, but that's what when I am going to 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 marry some someone when I'm asked to do it, not like get married, but officiate. Um, that's what I want to talk about, biblical marriage. Okay, so that's what we're, um, we're uh, um, going to talk about tonight. Now, for understanding's sake, we're going to take this text a little bit out of order. We're not going to misuse the text, but there's chunks of it that, that, that this part means this, this part means this, and we can move them around so you can understand. So we're going to start in Ephesians 5.25, and then we're going to go through the rest of the text, and then we'll jump back to the top of the text when it talks about wives, because it makes sort of it clear how this all works. Let, let me read through, through this, this first part again. It says in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of, of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Point number one. And you might say, listen, I'm really young to hear this. I'm 12. Well, 10 years from now, 15, this is very important for you to know. It's very important for you to get. My prayer is something sticks along the way. I mean, through the way you go, oh yeah, yeah, that weird guy who talked like a freak. He said something about this. Point one, husbands love as Christ loves. Point one, husbands love as Christ loves. Okay, the biggest 
challenge a man can have that you can give him is this. Hey, love your wife like Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how you're supposed to love your wife. Biggest challenge by far. It's, it's, it's a, 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 a bigger one than wives. Be submissive to your husbands. It's, it's hey, through thick and thin, you are to love your wife so much that you will give everything for even your own life because she's that important. Because that's what Jesus Christ did. So understand the standard is very high. It's a sacrificial love. One that gives gives of all of oneself. Sacrificial love. It's a transforming love. Okay, you know, husbands and girls. This is what I want you to... you're, You're at an age where you start to look at guys, okay? And you've got to be wise when you start to look at who 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 is a guy who is worth marrying or not. Because if you don't see it in them now, you will not see it in them later. They can be trying and striving. God can do a lot within their life. But you better be picky now. Guys, we need to love them with a transforming love. You know what that means? That means that we, we draw them closer to God every day that we can. We, we live intentionally to draw them closer. Right here, if you look at verse 26, now in verse 25, it's Christ loved the church and gave, gave himself up for her. Verses 26 and 27 talk about Christ and the church and what he did. That's what those things are talking about. It's not So some people get confused here, but this is what that is specifically talking specifically talking about he loved the church he gave himself up for that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the 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 washing of water with the word what is it the word of god and the truth of jesus christ changed and brought for forget for forgiveness and grace into the lives of the church that's what it did husbands forgiveness and grace should be what we bring to our wives and as we we, we bring them before God and closer to God. Love is Christ's love. This is what Christ did. And not only did He do that, but it said this in verse 27, so that He might present the church to Himself in in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. We have a sacrificial love, a transforming love, an uplifting love. Man. The heart... And can I tell you, I've, I've been married for 20 years this year. And it's so hard. It is so hard. But when I get it right, it's so worth it. I see it in the eyes of my wife. I see it in just sort of the, my household and home. When I get it right, it's so worth it to fight for these things. And as Christ, as He lifts up and holds up the church without blemish and and splendor, you know, I can be very cut cutting and sharp. And there's been many times in my marriage where I would almost cut down my wife for the sake of nerves or whatever in, not in front of a crowd and it would, it would beat her down some. And I'm called not to do that. I'm called to actually lift her up, encourage her always, and look out for her. Uh, and then it says this. Uh, so a sacrificial love, transforming love, uplifting love, and a complete love. It says in verse 28, in the same way, Husbands love your love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. How much do you love you? You might say, "Oh, I don't like me at all." No, that's you like to feed you stuff. You like to make yourself look good. You like to be and you 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 like you more than you admit it. Now, there's parts you may you may not like, but man, you are in love with you to. 
to an extent. You get what I'm saying? We're selfish. That's what's called self selfishness. That's where a lot of that comes from. Me, 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 me. I know y'all aren't like me at all. Y'all are like holy and stuff. Okay. So there's a sacrificial love, transforming love, uplifting love, and a complete love. That's how Christ loved the church. That's how we've got to men love your wives. And then it says this too, um, verse twenty. Three, check this out. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body, and is, as is himself, it's save, save, Savior. Point two, husbands, lead your wife to God often. Lead and lead her to God. That's what you do, but you're called to lead. When, um, even in a, in a courtship or a, an engagement, Engagement relationship. If you mess up, you know the guy's really responsible. He's called to lead from the get-go. And so he's called to lead in purity and forgiveness and grace. And and, and if, if there's a, a, a struggle in that relationship, that guy needs to step up and lead and do what God says to do. Guys, the weight is on you. Um, as the head of the church, what did Jesus lead the church to? He led him to a proper understanding of who God is. He uh, he led them to the forgiveness of sin and repentance. He led them to a right and restored relationship with God. He led them to a living example of what living for God looks like. So when you go, well, how do I lead? That's how you lead. Marriages, that's how it's supposed to be. If these two things right here were lived out in marriages and Christian homes today... You don't understand the change that we'd have in the world that we live in. You don't understand. And and guys, don't take a light. Don't don't miss up and get caught in the world and go, well, I'm not sure if that's what I'm going to be about. Man, that's what that's the only thing you, you need to be about. If you put your life about that, God's going to bless and honor you in so many ways. And this brings us back to verse 22. It says, wives... Um, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Ooh, this has made a lot of people angry in the world that we live in. Lots. And for some, they've got a right to be. Because submission has been used in a way of, I own you, I'm, be- I'm better than you, you're subservient to me, you need to work for me. And that's not what God meant in su- submission here at all. You see, girls, I want you to hear this. God's will for you and inten- intention for you is for the guy that you will one day marry to love you like Christ loved the church. That is God's will for your life, no doubt. And for a man who loves God, who will lead and follow God, that is the will for your life. And when you find a man like that, submission isn't a thing that's grotesque or abusive. It's a thing that's full of grace and full of love because you know he's protecting, he's guiding. You know, I've done a lot of weddings. You know, folks just love the way that I talk and so they want me to do their weddings. And uh, you hear this a lot, that uh, Eve was created from Adam's rib. 
right? And we, I've said it, and I've heard it said that it's a reminder to the man to always keep her, your wife close to your heart, the rib, close to your heart, and under the per, per, protection of your arm. So always protect, always love her. And, and that, 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 that's... Ladies, find a guy who loves Christ and who, 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 who will love you like Christ loves the church. And they've got to love Christ first. Do you understand that? They will not know how Christ loves the church unless they know Christ. That's a given, no doubt. And when you find that, you're going to find a guy and he's going to be seeking after God and what's best for you and loving you. And that is what you want. Where you go, man, I will respect you and I will live with you. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's what we call a covenant relationship. It's not a contract. It's not a partnership. It's, it's a covenant together before God. Um, this passage is, is a, you know, my, my last point in here for guys and girls, don't settle. Don't settle. I've talked to so many in my life in the church that settled and they've said, man, I hate where I'm at. I hate where I'm at. I don't know what to do. Don't settle. What you see now is a lot of what you will, you will get. The, the passage goes on to a quote from, from the book of Genesis. It says, therefore, in verse 31, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And it goes on and says, this mystery is profound, this two becoming one. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Once again, he sort of brings back the, the two points. Hey, hey, love, love your wife like Christ loved the church. And, and wife, re- respect him. Honor him. Um, this thing called biblical mar- marriage, and if you read this text fully, and I, I, I encourage you to, t- to do so, it's interwoven with uh, a, pi- a picture for the world of Jesus Christ's love for the church. You know that marriage is supposed to be that? It it says it right here. It's supposed to be the picture of how Jesus loves the church and He loved the church. And no matter what the church did, He still loved her and fought for her. Um, Marriage is not a contractual relationship. If you do this for me, then I will do that. But in a lot of ways, it's become that. Uh, Marriage is a covenant relationship made before God as witness. You've heard this in, 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 in weddings countless times. Almost all of them have this if they, if they um, don't do their own vows. It's I, I'll say, I, Dan, take you, Michelle, to be my wife, to have and hold from this day for, forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, as God is my witness, I give you this this promise or something along those. Have y'all heard that before? Most of them make this vow for better, for worse, richer, for poorer. It covers most situations in in life. I mean, it's not um, for better or for some bad stuff. It's for worse. Worse is like the the bottom of the barrel. That's what your 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 vow is saying. Uh, so when, when I think about that. I ask you, how, how many times have we, you, the church, abandoned Jesus Christ? Don't say anything out loud, but think how many times. Because the church has done it many times. We, man, we've done it many times. How many times 
Have we not been faithful to Him because we've been led astray by something else that's not Him? And we've lost our first love and we've put something else in its place. How many times have we laid with idols and rejected Him? And the question goes, but how, how many times does He take us back? Every time. Every time. Jesus Christ and the church, a picture of the man and the wife and how that relationship is supposed to be. I end with this. Um, if marriage is supposed to be like like that, like G- Jesus and the church, what re- re- reasons are there to end a marriage? If it's supposed to be like that, there's really none. I've known rare cases of abuse where at least by the state, something had to be done for the sake of the lives of the wife and the kids. But that is very, very, very rare. And they did not remarry. They felt like they were still married before God. They just did it to protect themselves. Uh, Biblical marriage, the standard is high, but it's worth it. Guys, it's worth it. Um, I've done premarital counseling and officiated for 25 weddings. Uh, and this is what I've told every one of them through the years up until when they came to get married don't settle don't settle uh, if you don't see the possibility of Ephesians five twenty two through 33 in your potential marriage don't do it don't your love, my love's enough no it's not it is not it will wreck you and I don't want you to be wrecked Husbands, love is Christ's love. Or men, not husbands yet. Husbands to be. Love is Christ's love. Lead is Christ's led. Wives, when you find that, submission can come because it's, it's, it's right. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much uh, just for your word and just a chance just to talk and to teach about uh, this thing that's so important to you and so many ways it's so abused here. Uh, Lord, help us to, uh, those in this room that are married, to be men and women that bring you honor in marriage and strive to bring you honor even when it's hard. And for those in this room, Lord, I ask that you help them to not settle, to not be caught up in this world, but look for, for things that, that you have set for them. Uh, and and uh, Lord, just just bless their spouses to be even now, and uh, help us all, each one, to be faithful. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, you can sign up for camp. We're meeting again next week, and uh, y'all look good and sort of tanned up a little bit, Stephen.